Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Access Talk with Trish. This is a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. And I'm your host for the show, Trish Robichaud, disability awareness coach, author, facilitator, motivational speaker. I'm a woman with disability, but I'm definitely not a disabled woman. The Access Talk with Trish radio show can be heard live on Wednesdays at 1130 Eastern at accesstalkwithtrish.com. Or you can listen to past show recordings on demand at any time at the same address or on iTunes if that's how you roll. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. On that note, I want to introduce my guest for this week. Natasha Bridgemahan is a mortgage broker with mortgage intelligence and primary caregiver for her 93-year-old grandfather. With a vision to transform the financial services sector, she and her team of expert mortgage brokers are making a significant impact, one client, one mortgage at a time, making mortgages accessible to people of all abilities. Natasha strongly believes that this can be achieved through customer education, tailor-made mortgage solutions, and superior customer service. She inspires her team to consistently meet and exceed each client's mortgage goals and realize their home and property ownership dreams. That's the level of customer service that she'd like to see in the home healthcare industry as well. Looking after her grandfather and grandmother, who passed away at 80, has inspired her to stand up and speak out. And speak out she does. Natasha regularly delivers educational talks on caregiving and her experience with her grandparents, the accessibility of financial assistance, and home safety awareness. Welcome, Natasha. Great to have you with us today. Awesome. Thanks, Tris. I'm very excited to be here uh, today to share my experience and my thoughts. So thank you for having me. Wonderful. So tell us, what spurred your interest in accessibility in our communities? Um, So what sparked my interest is the experience that I've had through the taking care of my grandfather for the last, I would say, 20 years of my life and uh, most uh, immediate his experience uh, being admitted into the hospital and then transitioning from the hospital to as a disabled person home and the lack of um, services and support and communication that there was in the transition period between the hospital and uh, community care access centers. So right. that sparked my that sparked my interest uh, to be more proactive and 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 find other me- means of alternative measures to help my grandfather, uh, even though he's disabled, not necessarily go through the hurdles um, that we went through. Right. 
and the, the story that uh, that is yours and your your grandfather's about him coming home disabled and uh, you know bed sores and the works and and the care not being there it's it's not an un, unfortunately it's not an uncommon story um, but there are better ways to manage uh, exit from hospital you know um, I know that depending on the hospital and depending on the team, there really should have been some post-hospitalization planning, you know, discharge planning, I should say. And you should have been involved in that. They didn't give you that opportunity. Long story short, to make it very simplified, there is a lack of communication and accountability between both organizations, the hospital and the community care access center. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, the, the only involvement they gave us was, which was, just a checklist and the onus was left on us as as caregivers who are not educated not aware of the resources and tools available in the healthcare system mm -hmm. and we kind of basically had to navigate our way and 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 try to bring everybody together which was very frustrating instead of us spending our energy and time and transitioning our grandfather into his home and making it more of a you know comfort place for him we were more kind of uh, trying to get everybody together. It, it, it was it's a real disappointment. And um, unfortunately, I think as a person who's proactive in senior care, not only with my grandfather, but with my family and friends who are who also uh, have elders and seniors uh, with disability um, functions, um, to help them be aware of what their rights are and what is really available. Um, I really think that the government really needs to step up and educate the right type of people to help seniors or anyone of any uh, age that is disabled to transition into their home without any interruptions or delays in equipment and so forth, because that was the real hardest thing. Like we had to fight to get him his oxygen tank, believe it or not. Wow. So it was, yeah, it, it was very disturbing. It was a real eye opener for me and my family. I could not believe that this is what seniors have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, especially and what makes me uh, feel more for disability uh, seniors uh, or anyone again of that nature or people who don't even have family who has a voice, mm -hmm. you know, and that's even even more unfortunate for people who don't yeah. have a voice. You know, and I, he, my grandfather is very lucky. He has many voices, many caregivers, and, you know, I'm a pro proactive advocate for him, but a lot of people don't have that voice for them, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. what makes it even more difficult, unfortunately. Yeah, and some people just don't understand how to advocate for themselves. Uh, they they don't know how to speak up or or instead of speaking up in advocacy, they're just complaining, and they're not... Yeah bringing solutions they're not you know they're not being cooperative and collaborative and working together and unfortunately that that's part of part of what you know the the CCAC and the hospital has to deal with but there always should be an effort made to for there to have been like a group conversation I, I have a friend who has advanced MS that um, I was her primary caregiver for years and when she was released from the hospital, um, I went to multiple meetings at the hospital where they had the doctor, the nurse, the discharge person, all in attendance at the meeting. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, I was already connected with the system that uh, I had that kind of service or whether just that was my voice that got me that service for her. 
Um, but I know how it can work when it's when it works well. I've seen it work well. But unfortunately, that is most of the time not how it happens. Yeah, I, and that that is the other problem right now with um with the Ontario government system, I'm not too familiar with the other provinces, but with the healthcare system, there's just a lack of accountability. There's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Like, I mean, like there's, they need to have a, a consistent forum of expectations, accountability, their mission statement uh, across the board needs to be the same. And I find that different hospitals have different mandates, have different goals. And to me, the goal and mandate should be the same, which is, you know, uh, patient care, quick turnaround, accountability, respect, dignity, and you don't get that. And unfortunately, especially with seniors, most of these healthcare, healthcare professionals, they're treating the age of the patient, not the patient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we, we live in a socialized medicine country. And, uh, you know, it, it is more public medicine. And, and there is an underlying of, you know, seniors are not to be uh, taken care of and treated aggressively, unfortunately. And I've seen that firsthand with my grandfather. And I think that professionals, especially in healthcare as a nurses and doctors, before they even obtain their license, I think they should also take a psychological test. Um, they should pass certain barriers because if you're taking care of someone's life and their, uh, and their physical needs and their disability challenges, you need to have that mindset of positivity. You have to need to have that mindset of open-mindedness. Um, you need to be a little bit of a risk taker to take uh, mm -hmm. initiative to help these patients uh, not be fearful or afraid of speaking up. And that's another thing that I see with uh, people with disabilities. They're, they're fearful of speaking up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's an unfortunate circumstance, I, I feel, Trish. And, I, and I, there needs to be a lot more accountability. There's just not enough. Agreed. Let's switch gears here a little bit. How sure. does being a mortgage broker, how does that give you an opportunity to provide accessible services to your clients? Um, that is such a great question. I actually tailor to a lot of seniors and people with disability, uh, especially with ones that um, don't want to uproot and move from where they are for whatever reason. Um, so we have different programs. For seniors, we have the, uh, the mortgage pension plan where of course their income is limited, but they have a house that's free and clear with, or with a small mortgage and there's a lot of equity in there. Um, we'll be able to um, get them a pension plan loan against their home. They don't have to pay any payments until uh, they pass away, then the house is sold and the debt is paid out. But with that money, we can get them um, adequate equipment for disability, whether it may be a ramp, whether it may be elevator, well, it, whether it may be um, converting the entire home into uh, a one level, uh, whether it may be buying specific equipment like a hospital bed and so forth, things that are cost, uh, that cost money that's not covered through healthcare um, right. insurance. So that's one thing that we do too as well. And then also if we have working families that have a disability child or, or a senior or even a spouse, we're able to uh, get other types of loans that are qualified for working families to help them build a home uh, in a safe or safe environment for the disabled uh, loved one and also help them with medical bills and so forth. And even sometimes in fortunate cases where they need to get obtain a lawyer. 
Right. So uh, for guidance and, and for protection of, of their loved ones. So there's many, many uh, aspects of being a mortgage broker, how I'm able to help the community with that are engaged with disability um, family members or their caregivers of disability uh, mm -hmm. individuals. So absolutely, there's many, many uh, areas where a mortgage broker or my team can assist um, individuals of that nature. Are you talking about like a, a reverse mortgage that you hear about on TV? Um, yeah, similar, similar. Um, reverse mortgages, they have a myth to it, um, but they're great, 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 great products. Um, if, if you have a person who lives in a home they do not want to move away from based on the location or based on the, the, the community of, of accessibility with their local medical uh, care providers or whether it be their children or grandchildren, but they cannot simply afford it because they're only getting paid public pension. They don't even have private pension. So absolutely, there's different uh, alternatives. I mean, yes, reverse mortgages are definitely one of them. Fabulous. Well, that's really good to know because when push comes to shove, those and and all of the funding has that's available has been exhausted. Some of those expenses can be just exorbitant. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're unplanned, they're unforeseen, and um, it's it's it can be very 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 expensive, especially for a disability person who does not have uh, means of other income. I hear you, and there are lots of us in that category. Mm -hmm. There's more I, than there should be. Yeah. No kidding. I understand mm -hmm. that you volunteer your time for a couple of nonprofits. How about sharing your involvement and the work that impacts your practice and your life? Uh, yeah. Um, well, since I was a little girl, I've always been um, engaged and surrounded myself with seniors. Um, I lived with my grandparents all my life. They took care of me. And my grandparents, their brothers and sisters also became my grandparents. So I've always circled myself around with seniors and I was able to firsthand appreciate their hardship and um, their old age challenges and so forth and whether it may be a disability challenge, whether it be mentally, physically um, and so forth. And, and, and that really uh, propelled me to surround myself with organizations that support senior living and disability living. And one of those organizations is Ontario Society of Senior Citizens Organization. They have up over 30,000 senior members. And what I do is from time to time on a yearly basis, I go out, I speak and I engage with them. I communicate with them. I provide them tools and resources they need to make uh, educated financial decisions. Um, and also if they're in, in financial trouble too as well, how we can help them uh, salvage and save their credit uh, by rebuilding uh, other tools and, and opportunities that they may have. Right. I'm also, uh, I'm, thank you, I'm also a member, volunteer of the Brampton Senior Youth and Recreation Center. And what I do there is I proactively engage seniors and youth to come together uh, where they can, the youth can learn from the seniors and the seniors as well can learn from the youth in a very proactive uh, culture, community, environment, I do that too as well. And we also provide assistance and donations through the Vaughn uh, Food Bank to those that are in need or in difficulty in terms of facing um, hungership and so forth. So there's a lot of things that we do, that, that we do to, to help uh, the, the disabled community and senior community. Wonderful. And how does that impact your ability to manifest balance in your life and your practice? <laughs> That's a great question. I ask myself that every day. 
Um, I continue to proactively look for other ways to uh, manage my time. And one of the things that I've learned as a young leader is I'm learning to delegate. Um, I'm blessed to have a team of over 10 employees and basically I learned to delegate with them and uh, by providing them the resources and tools they need to succeed so I can focus on the bigger things which is connecting and building strong relationships as a community leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be mortgage, mortgages, investments, and credit. Second of all, very simple. I keep a diary in terms of it's uh, in terms of a log of what I do. I, I use a calendar and a checklist to balance. There is 168 hours of the week, and my primary goal <laughs> is yeah. <laughs> well, you hit my primary goal is to make sure that those hours are balanced. And yes, it can be challenging, especially when there's surprises. Yeah. So when there uh, when there are surprises, you know, you learn to take a deep breath, mm-hmm. step back, and reflect is what you can do to resolve it. And and one of my biggest challenging challenges is moving forward and and, and treating every day as a gift because it is the present, mm-hmm. and um, forgiving yourself for the past and and not dwelling on things that you can never control because it brings too much tears, right? Absolutely. So those those are the things uh that I practice and I always practice to do one good deed a day. Excellent. One good deed a day and uh, to try to be the best person that I can be and a and a good leader and a hero for my children. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're going to go to a break right now and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a lot more about be you being primary caregiver for your grandparents. Okay. Awesome. Devon has been with his company for over five years, since before his legs started giving him trouble. He loves his job, he's great at it, and he plans to stay with the company till retirement if possible. Problem is, it's getting difficult for him to walk from his desk to the washroom. His supervisor, Aisha, lets Devon know that she's noticed he's having some trouble. She suggests they move his desk closer to the entrance and the washroom. Devon is relieved and agrees. This is an example of a basic accommodation that helps make a workplace inclusive. Did you know that 50% of accommodations don't cost a dime and 80% cost $500 or less? The inclusion of people with disabilities in the workforce is the best answer to our current labor shortages. And making businesses accessible to customers with disabilities sees you tapping into their $32 billion spending power. Sound good? Then let a changing paces, warm, and friendly expert take you by the hand and walk you through the steps to making your business accessible to everyone. Visit us at changingpaces.com today. We're back. So, Natasha, given that you're the primary caregiver for your grandfather, I imagine you have one or two stories about accessibility in that realm of your life. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I have uh, many stories. Um, One of the biggest stories for accessibility for me, for my grandfather, was um, his doctor uh, didn't have a ramp um, to get up to the building. And um, also, there were no elevators. It was just stairs to his building. Mm. And um, it was, yes, it was very difficult for my grandfather because this was his, this was his primary doctor since he came into this country 40 plus years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And for him to have to give up his doctor and find someone with more accessibility, the building was old. Apparently there was no room 
to build an elevator, which I thought there was plenty of room, but that's just me. <laughs> um, and it was a small building with only four floors that didn't really need an elevator according to the building code. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that was then, right? And that was now. Um, unfortunately, the doctor was not in a position to uproot his business. And I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Um, I feel for the doctor too as well, but I also felt for, felt for my grandfather. So we had to, at 90 plus years old, he had to rebuild a relationship with another primary doctor as his physician. Wow. And, and again, you know, they see him, they treat the age, they don't treat the patient. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was one, one difficulty that I had to get through with him. Um, also going to places uh, where there's not enough hand, handicap parking. Right. I mean, they have 5,000 parking spots and two handicapped uh, parking uh, space. I don't understand that, too, as well. I don't understand mm-hmm. the logistics with that. So those were challenges. Those are some of the experiences that I experienced with my grandfather. I can tell you so much more, but <laughs> those were some of them. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, the um, the parking one is not uncommon either. Um, mm-hmm. there, they actually are new standards that were developed because of the AODA as part of the AODA development, uh, standards development, um, Mm -hmm. that were passed on to the Ontario Building Code that went in, I think, uh, today's 2017. I think they were effective as of 2015. But the thing is, might have been 2016. Anyway, but the thing is, um, they're only on buildings that are brand new or are facing major renovations. Mm-hmm. So even still, um, you know, the buildings like the doctor's office, your 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 grandfather's doctor, and that's so sad that he had to change doctors at 93. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But even in that situation. Um, there's there's the legislation is not doing anything about that right old buildings are old buildings right yeah my feeling is that because true 100 percent accessibility in some situations is never going to be possible i think what's more important is an attitude of accommodation so for you hit it on the nail you hit so, it on the nail. Yeah. If, if I have an attitude of accommodation and I don't have an elevator in my building and I, I want to see a patient and I want to honor, I will find a way to find space on the ground level to take the time to come down and see that patient on the ground level. You know? And you hit on the nail. My office is, uh, is a long step of stairs. It's a two-unit building. And I'm the top unit, so there's no elevator. doesn't make any sense business-wise or building-wise. I get it. But I have a lot of senior clients. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I either go to their home or I uh, ask the, uh, the unit downstairs if I can borrow their office space for just a half an hour. That's exactly just so I, just Just so I can see them. I mean, again, it's the mindset. It's the lack of education. It's the lack of compassion. It's the lack yeah. of care. Like, we've, we've lost our sense of simple human care and until you experience having a disabled person in your life or being disabled yourself only then you understand the true realm of this issue like it's 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 really a big issue uh, disability awareness training and and then aoda uh, customer service training i spoke with my own doctor 
And he shut me down in no two seconds flat. I'm telling you, you know, if the government's going to hand out these rules, they better hand out the money to make it happen. That's what I got out of him. Didn't touch that one with a 10-foot pole again. But <laughs> ultimately, ultimately comes down to, um, and doctors think, love, many of them, I'm not going to generalize, generalize all, but many doctors, they think that this whole accessibility piece in the legislation, um, they figure they've been treating people with disabilities their whole careers, so they should be able to write the book. Well, unfortunately, just be, just experience does not provide you with the expertise necessary to do it right. Yeah, I agree. And again, doctors are trained to do one thing. I mean, and it's very hard to put yourself in somebody's shoes unless you've personally experienced it. Fair you know, enough. And, yeah. and, and I really do think that healthcare providers should be able to go into, they need to understand it. But just like a child who's in primary school, you know, they're able to go on field trips and engage and learn about certain things in life, how things are being made, how people live. I think the same should do should be done with healthcare providers before they're even able to practice. Do you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. 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 That, so I you referred to earlier. Yeah, like I mean they need Yeah. Yeah, personality tests, psychological tests, and also being doing um maybe um a little bit of internship at disability homes, disability centers, so they can learn and engage before they just go and blindfolded and start being a nurse or personal mm -hmm. support worker. They need to understand and they need and, and that should not be paid for. They need to go in and see and make sure this is something that they will enjoy. Because to me, a, to, to be in healthcare, to me, that's one of the most prestigious jobs in the world. Um, to be able to help a human, another human being, regardless of pay or not, to me, that's one of the most prestigious jobs. And those types of jobs, you got to have passion for it. You have to have compassion for it. You, 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 ha you have to do that. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if you don't have that compassion and passion, you're not going to be able to be successful. And I saw that every day. I witnessed that every day in the healthcare system, the attitude, the lackadaisical workmanship, the lack of proactiveness, um, the, the the medical errors, uh, the the disengagement between doctors and nurses, the disengagement between nurses and porters, the disengagement between nurses and administrators at the office. It's just it's alarming, because mm -hmm. if that was my business, if that was my business, I would not be tolerating the attitudes and mindset or workmanship lack of thereof. It's just it's just I find it very frustrating, and I can only imagine what disability people go uh, are experiencing every day, day to day, in and out, at their home, at the hospital, at a nursing home, or at a rehab center. It's unfortunate. And, and that is what, I mean, there have been a few whistleblowers, Trish. Yes, we know that. But where's the government? And where are these lobby groups? Where are these bigger people that are empowered to do better things, that have that power to do? Where are they? they that's what I want to know. Well, certainly the um, one of the new standards I'd love to see developed under the AODA is for a standard around the healthcare system. I know that there's a new standard in develop right now um, that is around the education systems. 
um, but I hope they get to a healthcare system standard because that would very much help us. Yep. Honestly, I have one last question for you, Natasha. Sure, go what ahead. Do you, what do you think? What do you think that we as a society can keep in mind on a daily basis to minimize barriers? So focusing on solutions, what can we do to keep in mind on a regular basis to, to minimize barriers wherever we go? Um, I think leaders, um, I think employees, I think volunteers should always have a mindset of proactiveness and, and to have a word, uh, a world of inclusion, not exclusion. Mm -hmm. And to be mind, mindful that everybody comes from different shades of color, different walks of life, and everybody comes with some type of disability. It does not have to be a physical impairment. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a mental impairment. Um, it can be all kinds of disabilities. And to work in an environment where everyone is accepted equally, mm -hmm. um, regardless of everything. And I think once we all, if we proactively have that mindset every day, then the next person that walks into your office with a wheelchair or as someone with, with, a, with a blind dog assistance or with whatever, whatever it may be, then you have that mindset. You're already one step ahead of the rest of, of our community, which is compassion and care and solution. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah. You're already there. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. So Thank uh, you, Trish. Yeah. Finally, uh, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, Natasha, how can they do that? Well, they can Google Natasha Bridgemohan um, or www.nbmortgageteam.com or they can reach me toll-free at 1-866-553-7467. That's 1-866-553-7467. And your email address? Uh, email address is Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, -A -A, at thebridgegroup.ca. That's T-H-E. B-R-I-D-G-G-R-O-U-P dot C-A. There's no E in bridge. So Natasha at thebridgegroup.ca. Gotcha. Wonderful, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, and thank you for allowing me to speak. And I wish you all the best, and hopefully we can connect soon. Thank you, and thank you to our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of Access Talk with Trish a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. Please join me again next Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. at accesstalkwithtrish.com. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. Till next time, take self-care seriously and God bless. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.